Merry Christmas for the for the first time um, this year, um, and for those of you uh, uh, Gringers out there, Thanksgiving's done, okay? It's time for Christmas, all right? <laughs> In South Africa, we don't have an event called Thanksgiving. We have a season of Thanksgiving that's just part of Christmas, man. So for us, Thanksgiving is more or less just part of Christmas. I know, don't throw me with tomatoes, um, but but uh, um, we, 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 we did pause this this um, you know year and we had a proper Thanksgiving. I had I cooked a turkey. Yes, I did, uh, <clears throat> but I did it my way, <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, I even had some locals say that it wasn't bad. So you know you can, you can take it from them. You don't have to take it from my palate. All right, um, and uh, I just wanted to say that uh, um, you know it's done now. Uh, so, yeah. so, so next week, I'm expecting all of y'all to be bringing your Christmas mugs to church for coffee or cocoa or even water, if that's what you prefer. Um, but let's spread some cheer. Let's make it a great Christmas time for everybody. Um, I'm going to share with you in a, in a minute some things that we're going to be doing just to make this season the best season, um, uh, you know, the best year of Christmas celebration ever. And uh, so I'm asking you to participate. You know, when, when, you, when you have a, um, when you have Everybody kind of just, you know, buying in and just, you know, doing together, it, it always makes it more fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we're used to having environments where people are just all about having fun and, and, and participating and taking initiative. So, so we're really expecting some of these things to come off big. Um, and uh, so, so please do, do try your best to participate in the things that we're going to be mentioning. Um, and then today, though, I want to just say thank you to everybody who did bring their Christmas mugs. And we have some, uh, we have some recognitions to, to, to share. Uh, first of all, Miss. Susie and Mr. Mike, would y'all stand for us real quick? Not only did they bring awesome Christmas mugs, y'all, it's there. How many is 51st? 51. 51st wedding anniversary. Come on, hero. Wow. This is amazing. Well, we just got a little something for y'all to say uh, congratulations on winning the Christmas mug. And uh, um, well done. Keep it up. And then for the, for the <laughs> she's going to hate me. Where's Natalie? Come on, Natalie, where are you at? She's probably somewhere out there doing something uh, sensible. <laughs> Natalie got an awesome Christmas mug. We won't say what it is, but <laughs> come, girl, come get you a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being awesome. That's awesome. Yes, so for the next couple of Sundays we have today, then we have the 5th, the 12th, the 19th, and the 24th. So let's get the admin out of the way. On the 24th, we'll be having a 10 a.m. I know it's different, but this venue is only available in the mornings, y'all. <laughs> a 10 a.m. Christmas, pre-Christmas Eve day service um, here for 10 a.m. It'll be an hour service. We'll be in and out, and uh, we're going to uh, just celebrate and honor uh, the birth of Jesus on that on that day with some special events and items taking place. Um, so do join us then. I'm, I'm hoping that most of y'all can make it. I know it's kind of um, uh, not the ordinary evening time. If you happen to not be able at all to come to the morning because of work or whatever other reason, um, you know, you're also always welcome to join one of the other campuses' evening services uh, that is going to be on the same day. But for the 26th, we will not be having an in-person service. It's going to be online. We'll be, um, we'll be uh, preparing an online service that we'll all be celebrating. We're not going to even be in town. We're going to be celebrating it where we are um, at that time. I don't know where we'll be on our route to our destination. We'll probably not be there yet because it's going to be a drive. Um, but uh, <coughs> online service for the 26th, and we'll be together for uh, 10 a.m. on the 24th. Um, then... Please watch our social media um, channels and things, uh, the, the group me groups that you're on if you're on some form of a team, because we'll be pushing information to there uh, for what each Sunday is going to be different. We want to have um, some ugly sweater competitions every Sunday. Mr. Mike almost started competing in that one this week. <laughs> No, that's a beautiful <laughs> Christmas sweater. Um, <laughs> Gabe most definitely got the memo wrong. He got a very ugly Christmas thing. It's just ugly, man. You're the Grinch. Shut up back there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Quiet in the cheap seats. Um, <laughs> 
Um, all right, so there's going to be some, some of that, and then we want to be just, um, just doing, doing it a little different, just having a little different, uh, you know, experience uh, this, this Christmas season, and really, really get together, really celebrate one another, celebrate Jesus, celebrate our church, and just all the great things God has done, the growth that took place in our midst, that He has absolutely blessed our church with uh, this year, and just in the continuation of our Thanksgiving, um, just also honor Him and giving Him the recognition in all things that we're doing. So there's going to be some fun and interactive moments. Now, for those of you who are scared of interaction, it's okay. It won't be targeted interaction. Like, I won't be saying, Mr. Paul, can you please stand up for us? Like, I won't do that, okay? Um, I'm just kidding. I like messing with the introverts because <laughs> I'm not one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, introverts, you're safe, really. I only pick on Mr. Paul because he's kind of like, you know, he's an introvert, but he's also old. So he's, he's, he's kind of used to it by now. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, calm down. Can we de-escalate, please? Like, where's our sheriff? Help me, sir. I need some security. Okay, um, and then did I miss anything, babe? Uh, more or less there, okay? So we'll be pushing through more ideas and things that's going to come for you. So please just, you know, I know it's going to sometimes be hard to bring a sweater, but just bring it. You can, you can you, once, you've, once you've appeared in it, you can take it off. Um, or, you know, a hat or something. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it fun. So I hope you guys can join us for most of it. If you can join us for some of it, that's also great. Um, we would just love to have you. For those of you watching online, this is the season to try and see, you know, is it possible for me to still come back uh, yet or not? If it's not, totally understand that keep watching uh, and following us online um, but if there's any way for you to come and join us here the spirits are high and it's really fun all right so today we're starting obviously with our um, our OSC Christmas uh, theme for 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 this season and um, today I'm going to talk about the 14th day of Christmas well really I'm going to end off with the 14th day of Christmas and and before you stone me I added two more just to mess with Kevin you know Kevin who uh, mis- keeps keeps mistakenly claiming that he suffers from OCD uh, where's Kevin get Kevin in here tell him to not sit down yet he needs to come and sit and listen to this this especially to especially to uh, um, <laughs> to mess with him I need him to be here I, I, I can't mess with him and he can't defend himself right that's that's not that's not how I do it all right so I, I, I need you to, to come and, and, and observe the the 14th day of Christmas <laughs> I can't see his facial expression, but it's got to be something like, there's just 12. <laughs> Wait, security, help. He's coming for me. <laughs> no, man, I'm just messing with you. Thank you for being so awesome. Um, I'm going to talk about 14 days of Christmas. Okay. Hey, <laughs> he said, okay, so it's all good. No, I just wanted to mess with you a little bit. <laughs> I'm seriously, I didn't mean for you to come forward all the way, but since you're here, I love you. <laughs> I just want you to be in the, in the service and not work <laughs> while we're talking about this. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay, let's, 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 get, let's get it. Let's gather it. Let's gather it. So have you ever wondered what the 12 days of Christmas are all about? Like, what's a partridge and a, and a pear tree? You know, it's like the song says, I don't know, so please don't ask me. <laughs> Let me tell you a quick Christmas disaster story uh, of my first visit to the USA. This was in 2008, I think. I, uh, um, <clears throat> I was married to Esther for two years at that time. We came to a church in Jacksonville, Florida. Friends of ours lead a church out there. Um, and uh, they had a, a, like, a, like a function. And part of this function, they have this thing that they call the 12 Days of Christmas Sing-Off. How many of y'all have ever observed a 12 days of Christmas sing-off? We're going to have one soon. <laughs> oh, definitely. Just you wait. I think the gumbo cook-off is the prime place for us to do it. A gumbo, uh, a 12 day sing-off. Anyway, so <clears throat> I'm from South Africa. So Christmas songs and things like that, they don't really translate well to us. Like we have summer during Christmas, right? So nothing's white. You know, <laughs> we don't drink cocoa. We don't sit by the fire. We don't like... You know, most of that we don't even have. We have nice, bright, sunny, beachy kind of Christmases, right? It's awesome. Should come there one day. Um, but anyway, so, so I've never really heard the 12 Days of Christmas song at that time. So I was picked to lead the odds side. So how it works is you, 
the group gets divided into two sides, odds and evens, right? And you know the, the thing about the odd side is that it has that five golden ring. And you can really work that thing to kind of put the other side off, right? They want to start and you're still not done. All right, so, so the pastor is like, you got this, you got this, man of God. I'm like, I don't know the song. He said, no, 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 you got this. Don't worry. He's thinking I'm being shy. I'm saying, I don't know the song. He's not hearing me. And so I'm supposed to lead the troops, right? I don't even know what the song starts like and I'm they put me on a table y'all I'm like in front of everybody and I have to like now where I come from it's a little different during school athletic season we actually have an um, a track season where all everybody does is track um, nothing else happens during track time and and uh, what we also have is we have a stand full of kids that don't participate in the particular competition but they're on the stands and they're support chanting the athletes on the field it's incredible y'all should see google um some of the you know the 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 um i mean whatever i don't even know what to call it in english um (laughs) but they have these these um these spectator uh competitions where they do all sorts of amazing um uh, they, they wear like black and white uh, shirts, and then so when they when they when when they have a particular pattern, a particular number of people in a particular pattern pulling their white shirt off, then it makes like a whole image on the stand. It's incredible, and then they have like a story that moves like that uh, in the crowd because of you know how they how they go black white black white and kind of like that. So and then they have these chants right, and 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 it's it's like all sorts of weird things that they shout to kind of encourage our team and to trash talk the other team right so we'll just be like you know taking them out and and, and calling them you know very fun but derogatory names um (laughs) clean though clean like like nothing nothing uh you know bad but anyway so this is my background it's chanting so we always have like a group of we call them cheerleaders right but it's not cheerleaders it's trash talk chant leaders really what we should be calling them okay because they would be like you know Give me a give me a chant, man. That 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 that, that makes people feel bad. Um, it's like jam like a fist, like a three by three. Your and then it would go like your team is up two shift to the left hand shift to the right. <laughs> All right, things like that. And so we would just be just messing around and having fun, right? And just just like tr- trying to trying to have, have a good time because we're not participating in the in the items and even if you're not like right now uh, competing you'll go and join them because it's so much fun so this is my background so i start chanting instead of just singing the 12 days of christmas i go the 12th day of christmas my true love gave to me and everybody's like whoa what the heck is this guy doing <laughs> and my team is like like a little put off it's like uh, uh, uh what, what what did they give me again <laughs> right so Normally, the odd side always wins because of the five golden rings thing. Well, that day we lost, and I became infamous for not, not winning, leading our team for the, the odds team to victory for the first time ever. Anyways, that was, that was really bad. Like, years passed, years passed, and I saw that pastor again, and he was like, please just don't sing the 12 Days of Christmas, man. So one of the things we want to ask y'all to do is, um, is to submit some Christmas disaster stories, things that y'all <laughs> that went wrong <laughs> during Christmas, and we want to have some fun with that, um, or just you know Christmas fun traditions and things. We'll prompt you online, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to 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 tell us your stories of how you've spent Christmas and how things have have turned out there to just have fun with each other and get to know one another a little bit. But let me say something about redeeming culture as I get into today's message. I know that there's many debates about Christmas. You know, is it good? Is it heathen? Is it tree pagan? Is Santa actually Satan spelled wrong? Uh, And all sorts of, you know, debates and things like that. But I believe in redeeming important aspects of culture. I believe that it's, it's, it's necessary for us to take what's important and to redeem it. There's things that we need to fight for, that we need to win the battle for, and that we need to define and not allow the world to redefine. I believe Christmas to be one of those things. And it, it's my approach. And the pro- approach I take is, is the approach that, that Paul took when he visited Athens in Acts 17. 
He was trying to connect the gospel to something of the culture that was already understood and something that the culture already celebrated. And there was a statue, and the statue's name was, it's a tribute to an unknown God. Now that could be any God, right? But Paul took that opportunity and he redefined that unknown God. He said, let me tell you who that God is. Y'all worship a God that you don't even know. I know him. Let me reveal him to you. And then he connected that and their ears opened because they took something of their culture and he explained the gospel message through it. There's a way that we can approach Christmas that makes it a redemptive analogy, that we explain the story of Jesus in such a way that makes it understandable to kids and adults alike. And so I also believe that we live in the originating kingdom. We're the first kingdom that this world was created by, the kingdom of God. This world was lost to a kingdom, but it's not the originating kingdom. In fact, I believe that this new evil kingdom does not have much ability to create at all. It rather perverts what has been created. And I think it's just part of our kingdom responsibility to reclaim what is ours, and what, 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 what God intended for these things to be in. You can debate whether you know, Christmas was started by God or not, but the bottom line is I think every year we're going to be, and it is still officially the birth you know, celebration of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm fully, it's, not, it's not lost on me that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th. But still, it's a moment that we all said, hey, let's celebrate his birth on this day together. How does that not create unity in the world for what we can, as a church, agree on? That's powerful, and it can be powerful if we continue to fight for its definition. Um, so we have the authority to redefine cultural elements and link them to the gospel to explain the message of Jesus uh, to people in a way that they make sense of it. So today I want to engage the 12 days of Christmas song with some defining truth, okay? Whether this is what was intended or not, and I do believe that there was some, at least, uh, Christian intention behind this song when it originated, originated in France, um, and uh, you'll see even that some of the, if you go and do the research, that some of the words have already changed a little bit over the years. Um, and, 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 but every change that happened actually made it more clearer, the message that it was procri- proclaiming. And I'll, I'll allude to some of that. So what's a partridge and a pear tree and all the rest of that about? Are you going to help me? Good. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. There you go. So when we consider that God is love and he is the true, uh, you know, the God is love, then the true love of this carol symbolizes God the Father that reaches out to mankind with a gift. And that gift is Jesus Christ. The partridge in the pear tree actually refers to Jesus, the Son of God that was given on our behalf to be a substitute for taking the payment that we were supposed to pay. The tree refers to the cross. The Bible says everybody who is hung on a tree is cursed. And Jesus was cursed on our behalf that we might receive the blessing of God. An exchange took place. And he took all of our curse on him. And he gave us all of his blessing. That right there is just incredible. To understand the exchange that took place on the cross. It's not partially that Jesus fixed me. Jesus made me whole. He gave me his nature, his righteous nature, and he took on him my sinful nature. And so I was a sinner, but now I am the righteousness of God because Jesus became sin on my behalf, according to 2 Corinthians 5, that I might become the righteousness of God. That is amazing. Now, interesting to note that the partridge in the pear tree was actually really just the French word, une Perdrix. And that just means one partridge. <laughs> so over time, the perdrix became, what's that, pear tree? It's, it, it just morphed like that. And so now in English, we say partridge in a pear tree, where originally it was just a partridge. He gave me a partridge. <laughs> Which, but the change actually made it more clear that Jesus was the, the partridge that was given to us, the son that was crucified on the cross. A verse that we can 
contemplate about when we think of the partridge is just John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever believes in him, our salvation is a factor of faith, not organizational membership, not practices, not ceremonies, a matter of faith. Have you put your faith in what Jesus did for you? The second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Aye, the two turtle doves represents the Old and the New Testament. Amazing. In addition to it being like an enduring tradition as a symbol of love, the two turtle doves are reminders of the divine revelation that we have in Scripture. Um, the dove was also a symbol that affirmed to John the Baptist that Jesus was the Word of God that became flesh as the dove rested on him and affirmed that this was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And um, the two New Testaments, uh, the two Testaments are actually perfectly linked with each other in Jesus Christ. Christ is, um, in fact, what we always say is that the New Testament, the, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. But the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And the, the, the bridge between the two is Jesus. Jesus connects the Old and the New Testament. So when we think of the turtle doves, we understand that um, t- uh, 2 Timothy 2, 3, 16 says this, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. It means that the whole Bible is our truth. Uh, Psalm 119 verses, I think it's 169, says the entirety of your word is truth. You can't pick out a specific section or a specific verse. You have to read the whole book in its entirety. It is the revelation of the truth of God that God wanted us to have. And on the third day of Christmas, he gave to me... All right, the three French hens can represent a couple of things, but most probably it represents the Trinity. The fact that our God is a triune God. Um, and and, and the, the hen and the French part of it is probably more of a heritage, a song heritage element than necessarily the, the number is. Um, that, or not necessarily some scriptural thing uh, or symbol. Uh, because the song did originate in France. And I don't know if you all know, but France's official uh, symbol, animal thing is the, the cockerel. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chicken. Um, I don't know why, but bless the French, right? All right. Wait, y'all are actually pretty, pretty, pretty close to the French, right? I'm sorry. If I sounded a, if I sounded a little, a little underappreciative of this French, there, just, just, just a tad, just a tinge. I am sorry. I do repent. Um, actually, let me say, we, 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 we do share some French heritage in my culture as well. Um, in fact, our, our, our traditional uh, music, Afrikaans music, uh, you wouldn't hear the difference between that and Cajun music. There is absolutely no difference between it. It is the same music. I just think the same family or something split up. One went to South Africa and one came to the States. And that's how we all have the same music right now. So anyways, I do appreciate the French. That's where we get our joviality of, uh, and, and, and our, our festive... festive uh, Festiveness, there we go, uh, from. Um, uh, But it could also represent um, something else. It could also represent the three virtues of faith, hope, and love uh, that he has revealed in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide uh, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Um, A representation of the the hens or the trinity or the three virtues of faith, hope, and love that we are called to, uh, to... to exude as Christians. And then, I'll do this one. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four, is it calling birds or is it collie birds? Well, in actual fact, it's collie birds. And the word collie really just means black. (laughs) So it always used to just be three black birds. Um, But then, four, sorry, 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 four black birds, okay? Um, And... (laughs) And then it changed to, to calling birds, just as sometimes vernacular, you know, phonetic things happen in languages. Um, like my last name is an example of that. My last name originally was uh, Denise, and then it became um, 
nace and because nace was always uh, uh, misunderstood as being meaning something else they dropped the n and so it became ace but it was spelt u i j s and over time they just merged the i and the j and now i am u y s and it's pronounced ace and that's why it don't make sense because it wasn't a, na- a language rule thinking. It was just how stuff sometimes just changes over time, you know, by writing and, and things like that. Um, so the four calling birds represents basically the four gospels, the four evangelions or the four, uh, the four gospels, the great, the good news or the big news proclamations of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. That's what the four calling birds represent. And being calling birds, it just, it just says even more how they are proclaiming out the truth about Jesus um, that would come. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That is the message of the evang- evangelions, the, 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 the gospels, the four gospels. And they proclaim that everywhere over the world to this day the four calling birds now let's do it on the fifth day of christmas my true love gave to me five golden rings the five books of the old first five books of the old testaments usually it's called the torah or the pentateuch or the law of god or the first uh what was, what was the other one uh, the five books of Moses, this is what the five golden rings refer, refer to. It's, uh, they form the backdrop for understanding God's delight in creation, then the emergence of human brokenness, and God's eventual plan for restoration. And they tell all the stories of faith and give instruction for righteous living. So when you sing the five golden rings, remember the first five books of the Old Testament that gives us such insight into God, His original plan, the fall of man, and then the plan of restoration that He enacted, and the prophecies that pointed to the coming Messiah. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then on the sixth day, we got six geese a-laying, right? Six Geese, no, yes, six geese alain. So what do the six geese alain represent? Well, basically it represents the, the, the nurturing cultivation of something new by a goose. Now, if, I don't know about you, but have you encountered a mama goose on her eggs? It's, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes a little scary. So God was brooding over the earth. The Bible says after he had... Um, created the heavens and the earth, time, space, matter, he had the Holy Spirit go and hover over the waters of earth. Earth was void and rough, and the Holy Spirit, like a goose, was, was, just, was just brooding over earth, brooding, 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 preparing earth. And then six days went by of creation where God set things in order And each day he started something new. He was hatching a new aspect of this beautiful creation that culminated in the creation of man, you and I, of which he declared this is very good. That's what the six geese land is. It's the story of creation and how the Holy Spirit was brooding and hatching and creating this world that you and I would be able to live on and experience a relationship walk with God like no, create, no creature in, in, in existence had ever created. That of the same kind of bond that there would be between a, mo- a mother goose and her, her goslings. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans a-swimming. Seven swans a-swimming. The seven swans a-swimming is a, um, the seven represents a, a perfect number in Scripture. It's always associated with perfection. And um, like, we, like we would refer to the swan as the most perfect of birds, right? Um, they're just so beautiful and so graceful and, and powerful also. Um, and so <clears throat> the swans are swimming represents this, this perfection picture, um, but it also is a, um, a, a yin vasa. It's a, 
it points to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who is the perfect spirit, the perfect companion, the perfect comforter, the perfect guide that uh, represents God so well here on earth. When we sing the seven swans are swimming, we see the grace, we see the tenderness, we see the, the, but we see the power and we see the, the perfection of God's spirit just being with us um, and, and, and walking with us. There was in history, though, also a, a, a reference to one of the, um, the, the reformers who became a martyr. His name was John Huss. And coincidentally, the word Huss in Czech language means goose, not swan, but goose. And so when he was martyred um, and burned at the stake for his faith, he said, today you are burning a goose. However, a hundred years from now, you will not be able hundred years from now, you'll be able to hear a swan saying, you will not burn it. You will have to listen to him. And he was not referring to him. Basically, what he was referring to was the work of the Holy Spirit in each of the, f- the saints to follow who would testify of the gospel of Jesus, testify of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And many of um, church leaders have seen themselves, including Martin Luther, as a fulfillment of this prophecy. They've made references to John Huss's statement there that being led by the Holy Spirit, we are proclaiming this truth to you, that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Um, John 14, 26 says, but the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I always say this, the Holy Spirit drives the mission of God and he does it perfectly, gracefully, and powerfully. And when we sing of the second songs of swimming, it reminds us of our need for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, another helper will come. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit because Jesus no longer walks with us in person. He gave us his, rep, his replacement, equally as good, as holy, as powerful, as loving as he is in the Holy Spirit. Then, on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. All righty. Eight maids milking refers to, um, the milk refers to also what scripture refers to as uh, a, a spiritual milk truths that is nourishing our souls our spirit and and in in matthew 5 jesus shares eight beatitudes beautiful attitudes that each contain a promise um, that if we were to pursue them that promise would become ours uh, matthew 5 verse 3 to 10 says blessed is the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I was thinking about this this week, and I I just said to the Lord, Lord, I've waged war in my life on things and stuff. I I don't want to wage war. I want to walk in your peace. I've come to learn that peace is actually more powerful than war. Whatever we do, we want to do from a point of peace, a place of peace. That's powerful. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven again. Another reference of the eight uh, milds, m- maids a milking, which rather is more, uh, um, you know, based on the number necessarily, is, is the number of people that were saved in the ark. Think about it. Noah and his family, all in all, eight were saved, right? Remember the song? Eight were saved. Eight is also a symbol of a new beginning. And the ark in scripture is, is a symbol of Christ, if you, study, um, if you study theology and you learn the Old Testament survey, you learn of all the types that the Bible has that refer to Jesus Christ. The ark is one of those types. It's a type of Christ. It saved Noah and his family, eight in all, representing a new birth, representing a new beginning, which is exactly what we get when we are born again in the image of Jesus Christ. 
On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ladies dancing. These nine dancing ladies refer to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit that the Bible refers to. And uh, basically, it refers to um, not just the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but the fact that if we dance... It's almost like life should be a dance with the Holy Spirit where He is the lead partner and we follow. And as we are being led by the Spirit, we will produce the fruit. Fruit is not pushed out by effort. Fruit is produced by submitting. (laughs) I forget that this is the following position. That's leading. And so He wants us to follow Him. And as we follow him, as we rest in his leadership, our lives start taking on the character of him. He makes us do moves and things that we can't do on our own. But because we're following, we get to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Right, your turn again. On the 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. And I include you in this one specifically because the 10 lords are leaping um, is, uh, has something to do with, with us. Um, number one, it can refer to the 10 commandments that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Those were the 10 uh, guidelines for life. God did not give those guidelines to restrict Israel. He gave it to them to save them. Every other nation had completely become depraved and immoral. But these 10 guidelines, commandments that God gave to them, prevented them from being destroyed. It was their saving grace. Today we look at the law and often we, especially in our circle of Christianity, we look negatively at the law. But what we've got to realize is that the law was always given from a heart of saving. In fact, everything God does, even God's judgments on the earth, is always a saving act. And if you go and understand um, just His purpose, then you realize, His purpose for humanity, then you realize why even some of His judgments are acts of salvation. Um, but then it, it includes somewhat the ten lords, right? The ten lords are leaping. And we'll, we'll realize that, that not, only are, um, not only is it, is it, is it the tablets and the, and the commandments, but it's the fact that if you have been born again, your and my hearts have received the written law on it. And we no longer obey God because it's a duty or it's a chore. We obey Him because for us, it's life. We love obeying His law. And in any place where I still feel like "Ah, I'm bucking against God's laws, His principles, it's purely because I have not, in that area of my life, admitted that I have actually changed. If you're born again, you have been made holy. The law of God has been written on your heart. You want to obey God. The only reason you're not obeying Him yet is because you're holding on to an expired identity. You're holding on to an expired idea of what life should be for you and what it should produce for you. And when you let that go finally, you'll find true life. Like the Bible says, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Ten also is considered a perfect number in the Bible, and it signifies the fullness. And this picture of the complete, this is also a picture of the completed church. The church of Jesus that really has the law of God written on their heart and are rejoicing as lords, as co-rulers with Christ. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 pipers piping. So who are the 11 Pipers. Let me just read the verse here. Luke 6 verse 13 to 16 says, And when the day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. Simon, who was also named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus. Then Simon, who was called the Zealot, 
Judas, the son of James, and also Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. The 11 pipers piping refers to the 11 remaining apostles before they reinstated a 12 that was appointed by Jesus to go and preach the gospel over the whole earth. Last one. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. 12 drummers drumming. This one was pretty unique to me, and I really just enjoyed it, uh, uh, discovering this. The, first of all, the number of 12 represents a authority. It represents governance. Um, and that's why the apostles felt that they needed to reinstate somebody, because they were going to form the leadership of the early church. And in that, in that, in that um, culture and everything, 12 was a, mem a, a number of governance, of authority. And so they felt that they needed to fill it. And that's why Matthias was, uh, was, 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 was appointed with them as well to complete that number again. But the 12 drummers drumming represents this echoing, consistent, rhythmic proclamation that something is happening in the earth. It's a war cry. It's a celebration moment. It's, it's everything that you can imagine drums would indicate. Um, and what, what, it, what, it, what it is echoing and what it is proclaiming is the statements of faith that the early church designed to protect Christian theology, Christian thinking, and to put it in place so that it would, just as there's a number of 12 apostles that is the governance, that is the official authority of the early church, there were these 12 statements of, that were would officially describe what real, true, orthodox Christianity would look like. And these, and they form this into what is called the Apostles' Creed. Y'all have heard of the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed, some, some churches to this day would repeat it every Sunday. I believe in God the Father, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered on the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And if you, in case you just get hung up on the word Catholic there, that just means the universal. The word Catholic actually does not refer to the Roman Catholic Church. In fact, that's why they had to put the word Roman in front of that to distinguish it as a specific denomination. The word Catholic means universal. I believe in the Holy Universal Church of God who gathers in the name of Jesus Christ. The communion of the saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Isn't that amazing? 12 days of Christmas, telling the story of the Bible so, so powerfully in song. And never again will I sing this song and not remember the message that actually is hidden in it. And never again will our children sing this song without us proclaiming to them, remember who's the partridge on the tree. It's Jesus who died for our sins. Who is the seven swans of swimming? It's the Holy Spirit who's become our companion, the perfect guide, the perfect comforter, the perfect um, Emmanuel with God with us after Jesus went away, he sent him, and everything that, uh, that goes after that. So but what about those extra days that I mentioned? Okay, so I want to add two more days. I know it's not going to get ever into a song, and these are probably uh, artistically way below par. Um, but I believe the 14th day of Christmas is your and my reality. Galatians 3 verse 79 says this. Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. By the way, you and I are all Gentiles. Okay. We are not Israelites. We're not Jews. Unless you are a Jew, then God bless you. You're a Jew. But most of us aren't Jews. We're Cajuns and French and, and Afrikaans and, and whatever else we have here. Um, Africans. I'm African, um, even though I don't look it. Um, the scriptures for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. 
So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What happened with Abraham? Abraham got a promise that he would get a son. At age 86, Abraham got a child from his slave um, servant, Hagar. That child's name was Ishmael. Ishmael represents religion. Ishmael represents us trying to figure it out on our own. Ishmael represents our own good works, trying to fulfill what God has expected of us. Ishmael is not of God. He's not the son of promise. Fourteen years later, that's the 14th day. Fourteen years later, when Abram turned a hundred, he received the son of promise, Isaac. It's the son of grace. It was by grace that Sarah was able to birth a child. Jesse's going to get, go to hospital this week to, to get her uh, new baby delivered. <coughs> She's in her 20s. Um, <laughs> Sarah was so old, past the time for birthing children. It was by grace. Grace does make us strong, though, by the way. But it was still by grace. <laughs> by grace. The son of grace. Who is that? That's Jesus. For each and every one of us who have stopped trying to prove our goodness to God, Stop trying to prove with our good works that God needs to accept us, that our good will one day outweigh our bad. We've given up on the system of religion. We have entrusted our eternal destination into the loving, gracious hands of God the Father who, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, has absolved us of all penalty. Absolution. Not through works, suffering, not through performance, but by grace through our faith. We are living in day 14 because we have accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. So what about day 13? <laughs> right? Okay, I know you were asking. Um, the year right before Abram got Isaac, God appeared to Abram. This is year 13. It's the 13th day. And God appeared to Abraham and he said to him, by this time next year, your wife will have a child. He affirmed the promise. He preached the gospel to him again. And Abram had at that point an opportunity to reaffirm his faith in the promise of God, in the offer of God. And he did. And that's why he is our father of the faith. It's because he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, says the Bible. But so many people are still in day 13. And to be honest, we need to go and recognize that, hey, we, it's easy for us to just go and like, hey, I'm, I'm day 14. I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. But there is a promise that is unfulfilled, that remains. And Hebrews 4 talks about that promise. Can you put up Hebrew 4 there? For, Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. A couple of verses further says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Y'all, it's our job, and it's the message of Christmas. It's the mission of Christmas to put the promise before people. To tell people there is a promise of rest for you where you no longer have to fight for your own salvation. In fact, you no longer have to fight to prove that you don't need salvation. It takes a lot of energy to consistently have to prove that God does not exist and God is not necessary. You are tired of striving against this promise. It takes a lot of effort to say no to what God wants you to walk in. And there is a promise that remains for you. And that is the reality of day 13. It's the mission of the Christmas story. It's the mission of Jesus. It's the mission of the church. It's your mission. It's my mission. It's for people to know that Jesus Christ came in this 
representative season to promise again and to offer again the son of grace to each and every one who would say yes to him. Say yes to him. I would like us to take a moment now and pray. So if you don't mind, just, just right there where you are. You don't have to even stand just yet. Just sit right there. Just, just close your eyes. Because I, I want to ask you, have, have you, have you heard the promise of day 13? Have you heard that Jesus is reaching out to you with his promise? That says there is rest from your religion. There's rest from your effort. There's rest from your striving. If you will put your faith in me. That you too can become born again. That you too can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Being held up and preserved for the day of salvation by the Holy Spirit that takes residence on the inside of your heart. Based on your faith. Don't stay in day 13. He wants you to move to rest. It's available. It's there. So if you came today and you have not taken that step of rest, you've been trying to prove yourself okay. You've been Ishmael. Make it on your own. I'm making it. I got this. And you realize today that you're, you're just tired of trying to prove yourself fine without God. And you want to enter his rest by saying yes to accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't you want to put up your hand right now? Right there where you are. Right there where you are. Just put up your hand right now. Every eye closed. People are just praying and spending time with the Lord themselves. Thank you, I see that hand in the back. I see your hand here in front. I want you to know that God sees you where you're sitting in your chair right now. He knows the cry of your heart. And today, if you will declare your faith in Him, He will, if you sincerely put your faith in Christ, by the declaration that we're going to make together, a miracle will take place on the inside of your heart and you will be born again and you will become a child of God. Can we all stand together? For the sake of the people that put up their hands to make a declaration of faith today, I want to ask you if you will pray with me out loud just to help them and support them as they make this declaration of their faith out loud. So if you put up your hand, you do from the bottom of your heart, say these words to God and pray them as your own prayer and as your own decision to put your faith in Jesus. Say, dear, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned and that I'm guilty and I need to be punished. But thank you that you died on your cross for me so that you took my penalty. You took my sin and you gave me your righteousness. I believe in you, Jesus. And I believe that God raised you from the dead to be my Savior and to be my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give those guys a great encouragement?